Well, bless the Lord one more time. Glory to God. Um, that was um a question that was often asked in the church, is often um asked today, and, and I thought it was uh, quite uh genius and, and, and glorious. They said um the question was asked, who wouldn't serve a God like this? <laughs> When you think about his goodness, when you think about his mercy, when you think about all the things he's done and still is doing, uh, glory to God. You just said, who wouldn't serve a God like this? His mercy is renewed every morning. Every morning you get up, there's new mercy. I don't know. I, I, why would he give out new mercy every morning if he didn't need it? It's funny how people say they don't need the Lord. You don't need the mercy of the Lord, huh? You got it all together, huh? You got it all figured out. <laughs> no, baby, you need the mercy of the Lord. You know, listen, glory to God. I want to continue on in. I, I preached, uh, I, mean, I actually taught on uh, a message a couple podcasts ago. And the question was asked, who are the real Jews? People saying the real Jews are black folks. People saying the real Jews are white folks. People saying the real Jews are, are the Jews in Israel right now. People saying, people saying a whole lot of things. But when you start looking at the Bible, you start figuring out the things that people are saying on the news, the things that people are saying on your Twitter feed, the things that people are saying, um, glory to God, over the, the radio stations are not true at all. <laughs> Once you start reading the word of God, you start asking yourself, where in the world is these people getting this stuff from? <laughs> because when you start looking at um, who are the real Jews, you start thinking beyond skin color. But when you, But if you do really want to go naturally... You start realizing that um, it was all kind of racist of uh, people. Skin color wasn't what made you um, a Jew. <laughs> when you start looking at all the things that were going on <laughs> in, in the Bible, you start figuring out, wait a minute, you know, what people are telling me. Just isn't that enough. And I want to continue on in that today. Um, I'll just call this Who Are the Real Jews Part 2. <laughs> and I want you to look, go me to the book of Romans chapter 10 as we get ready to pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask for your divine protection as we're trying to give the word. And we're asking right now for your power to come down. And we ask these things, all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Go me to Romans chapter 10. I want to show you something. And I'm going to start reading at verse number 1. Hallelujah. And Romans chapter 10 around verse number 1. It's going to start talking about the very thing that we were speaking on earlier. When we were asking that question. Who are the real Jews? <laughs> and we're going to see some things in the word of God. Hallelujah. That um really... uh start uh, manifesting itself and really start helping us to understand exactly what's going on when we start asking who are the real Jews when we start realizing what God is doing and we start understanding what God is doing in our lives you start being insulted by the things people are saying. You start being, you start saying to yourself, my God, why are y'all teaching me this when it's not in the Bible? 
And why are you trying to get me to believe something that's not true? <laughs> Glory to God. There's a motive behind a lot of people's madness. Mm -hmm. Whether people's motives are political gain, financial gain, or trying to gain some kind of fame. There's a lot of things going on right now in this world that is even creeping to the church. And, and perhaps it's not just the church, it's creeping to uh, the media outlets. <laughs> but I would implore you to get into the word of God. The book of Romans chapter 10 and my verse 1 says something very interesting. It says this. It says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Wait a minute. That go a clue right there. <laughs> so here we are. This man, Paul, right of Romans, he's saying, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. I thought that, well, if you was already a Jew anyway, you're already saved. <laughs> so why is he praying to God that Israel be saved. It must mean that you don't have the birthright on being saved, but you got to be born again. And he's telling Israel this. He's speaking to them saying, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel, they may be saved. Watch this. For I bear them witness that they do, they do have a zeal for God. But not according to knowledge. They have a strong zeal, a strong desire for God, but it's not according to knowledge. Sometimes you can have a strong zeal and desire for to do something for something, but you don't have the knowledge about the thing that you're doing. And when you don't have the knowledge about the thing that you're doing, even though you maybe think you're doing something right, you could be doing something wrong. You could be doing something for the wrong reasons. Hallelujah. The, the, he's saying they have a, a zeal for God, yes. But they, are, they don't have the knowledge of God's plan for salvation. But yet they do have a strong zeal for God. They're praying, they're going to meetings, they're keeping the law, they're doing different things. <laughs> but yet the things that they're doing are not the things that can get them saved. The things that they're doing are things that would not get them saved. There are a lot of people right now who are doing a lot of things that they think that will get them saved, but it's not it. They thinking now, now don't get me wrong, but it's good to be more a good moral character. You know, but they think, well, if I don't drink, don't smoke, don't curse, I'm going to heaven. If I if I give this amount of money, I'm going to heaven. If I don't been to all the prayer meetings, I don't did all been to all the synagogues, I don't did all these things. Uh, I'm going to heaven. Uh, all these things that we're doing, I took the communion, I don't did all this. That I'm going to heaven and. That's not necessarily true that you're going to heaven just because you're keeping up with certain rituals. And it's definitely not true now that we see now that just because you have the bloodline or you're from Israel or that you may have the bloodline that traces all the way back to, to uh, Jacob or Abraham, that, that doesn't mean that you're saved. Because in order to be saved, you got to be not born, but you got to be born again. Well, watch, well, watch what the Bible says. He says, I, I, they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. 
for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Ignorant. They don't know what God's righteousness is. They're ignorant of it. They being ignorant of God's righteousness, seeking to establish their own righteousness, and then not submitted them to the righteousness of God. Now, I don't heard preachers preach the scripture, but they preached it wrong. Because they they were telling people, well, oh, here's what God is saying. Here's what the Bible is saying right here. Is that uh, you live in any kind of way, that means you're going to hell. Or you may be doing good, but that still means you're going to hell. It ain't talking about doing right or wrong. It's not talking about doing good or evil. The scripture's not talking about whether you don't drink or don't smoke or don't curse. It's not talking about whether or not you ran alone dressed to church. It's not talking about whether you're not um, you're not putting any makeup on and you don't have earrings on. It's not talking about all those oh, you're a good wife or a good husband. This scripture is talking about when it says the righteousness of God, it's saying that the righteousness of God is Christ Jesus the Lord. You gotta believe on Jesus Christ in order to be righteous. Because what happens when you believe on Jesus Christ and you accept Jesus Christ, what's going on is, is that God puts Jesus Christ's righteous life on you and your sins are all on him at Calvary. That's how you become righteous by a belief on Jesus Christ. But you cannot um, uh, go over to God, go about and establish your own righteousness. That's what he's talking about. And a lot of churches right now are teaching people to establish their own righteousness. They're telling people right now, well, get saved by Jesus Christ and stay saved by Moses in the law. That's basically what you're telling somebody. And that's what Paul is telling them. He says, they being ignorant of God's righteousness, they have gone about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Now watch this. Watch verse 4. This is Romans chapter 10 around verse 4. It says, for Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness to everyone who believes. Christ is the end of that. You don't have to keep up certain rituals now to be saved. What am I saying? Go out and commit adultery? No. <laughs> but we know in the law, if you commit adultery, then you will be stoned to death. Now, I don't know what the, the statistics is on adultery. But I'm pretty sure there are some adulterers out there and out here and I don't think nobody being stoned to death. You know, you may take them to court and divorce them, but I, I don't think nobody being stoned to death right now. Whether you like it or not, brother and sister, whatever sin a person is committing, you may not like it, but that sin was paid for at Calvary. The only thing that person has to do is repent and ask forgiveness of God. Sin, ooh, should I say that? Let me go ahead and say, sin is not what sends somebody to hell because Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. So how in the world can sin send you to hell when Jesus Christ died for sin? But you know what sins, what sends men to hell? When they don't believe on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They went about to establish their own righteousness and then submit themselves to the righteousness of God. But I'm going to let you on. You, you, you can read that in the spare time. Watch what Romans chapter 10 and verse 5 says now. Watch this. He says, For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. According to, we look, if you can look at Leviticus, in your spare time, look at Leviticus chapter 18 around verse 5. It, listen, the, the man that when you go abide by the law, you got to live in that law. That means that whatever that law says, do, you got to do it. 
And if you don't do it, if you don't do everything that's in that law, then you failed at everything. Woo! Can you imagine having taken a test? And on a test, if you don't get 100%, you just fail the whole thing? There is no grading on the curve when it comes to the law. There is no, um, you got 90%, uh, 85% say you pass in the law. Nope, you got to get 100%. Always, at all times, if not, then you feel the whole thing. Imagine taking a test, and if you fail one portion of that test, one answer on that test is wrong, boom, the whole test is wrong. That's the law. That's why no man can keep the law, because no man is perfect. The only one that's perfect is Jesus Christ. Now, you may think your past is perfect. You may think the man that, um, that came to preach is perfect. You may have been around some folks who portray themselves as perfect. You may, you may even have people uh, around you that make you feel like you're unworthy to serve the Lord. You may think that all these folks are, are, are perfection, but they're not. The only perfect man to walk this earth without sin is Jesus Christ. That's why he died for the sin of the whole world. And that's why you can uh, believe on Jesus Christ. And all your sin is put on him. But his righteousness is put on you. That is the righteousness of God. That's how you um, abide in the righteousness of God. By believing on Jesus Christ. And his death, burial, and resurrection. But let's go deeper. Uh, this is what he's saying to the Jews. This is what he's saying to Israel. Because there was some at that time in Israel who didn't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I even hear that some don't believe in Jesus Christ. I hear they believe some right now are still waiting on Christ to appear. They're still waiting on Christ to appear. They don't believe that the Christ already don't came in the flesh, died for the sins of the whole world, and has went back to heaven and is coming back for those who believe just that. But let us go deeper. But the righteousness of faith. The righteousness of faith. The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. We preach the word of faith. That if you... Confess. Here's how you get saved. Can I tell you how you get saved? Can the Bible tell you how to get saved? Now, every Tom, Dick, and Harry going to come along and try to tell you what it takes to be saved. And they're going to be wrong about it if they don't say what the Bible's going to say right now. Everybody with a backwards collar and uh, a, a, a wrong robe on and, and, and with a nice title going to tell you what it takes to be saved. But unless they read and tell you this right here, they ain't telling you right. Here's what it takes to be saved, according to the Bible. That if you confess, this is Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. You hear what Romans 10 and 9 says? Romans 10 and 9 says this. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what the Bible says. I didn't say it. 
I didn't write this. This is what the if you believe in the Bible, and this is what the Bible saying is this is what it takes to be saved. You'll be surprised how many pre preachers who will read this verse and tell you what it takes to be saved, and then after you get saved, now and then tell you something different of what it takes to be saved. Now, the Bible never taught get saved and stay saved. The Bible taught once you're saved, you're saved. There's no save 2.0. If you could be saved by works, then there would be no need for Jesus. If you could be saved by what you do, then there would be no need for Jesus. There was no need for him to come down here and down the cross for the sins of the whole world. If you could be saved by yourself through your own works. If you can stay saved by your own works, then what did he come down here for? But because you could not be saved by your own works, because you could not be saved by your own efforts, he had to come down here wrapped in flesh and walk through these dusty streets and die for the sins of the whole world. And, and then even he just still knew that there'll be some preachers out here preaching against the very thing that he already don't did. You already saved if you confess your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing can be added to that. <laughs> who are the real Jews? The real Jews are those who believe on Jesus. Woo, that's, that's, a, that's a hard statement. But the real Jews are those who believe on Jesus Christ. And what I'm saying is that's not a Jew nor Greek. Male nor female. But we are all one in Christ Jesus. That's what I'm trying to tell you. We are his chosen people. Because we have been engrafted in. And we can believe on Jesus Christ. But God has not abandoned his people. God has not abandoned his chosen people. Abu Shakarabaha. Woo! What I'm preaching sounds ambiguous. Ambiguous. Meaning that it may have two different meanings. May, I, may I'm preaching may sound like a paradox. It may sound like the statement I'm saying is false, but it's actually true. <laughs> but get into the word of God to study, and you will see what the Lord is talking about. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 10 and 9 says this. I'm reading one more time because someone who don't believe. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He didn't say he didn't say that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God was raised from him from the dead, you will be saved. But but also you gotta ride along some, some long stockings. You gotta make sure you don't put any makeup on. You gotta make sure you don't drink and don't smoke and don't curse. You gotta make sure that he didn't say all that. <laughs> oh my God! Here, let, let us what the Bible says. He says, "For with the heart." One believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confessions made to salvation. And I confess right now, if you haven't heard me, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that God raised Him from the dead. And that is what it is, and that will never change. I don't care what somebody said on the radio. I don't care what some celebrity said. There's no other way to get to God but through Jesus Christ. I don't care what that celebrity said. I don't care what that billionaire said. I don't care what that clown over here said. I don't care what this person over here said in that church. Uh, that person or uh, this. I don't care if an angel from heaven, whoever it is. 
uh, the only way to get to God is through Jesus Christ. If you're trying to go in any other way, you're a thief and a robber. The only door is Jesus. The only way is Jesus. Let me show you something else. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him would not be ashamed, be put to shame, according to Isaiah 28 16. That's what the Bible says. Now, Romans 10 and 11 says, for the scripture says, when it's, and whenever the Bible says, for the scripture says, that means that someone that's written in the Old Testament, that a scripture that says that. He says, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him would not be, be put to shame. That's a Isaiah 28 16. That's what Paul is quoting here. Now, watch Romans 10 and verse 12. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. Uh oh. He's saying there's no difference. There's no difference, he's saying, between Jew and Greek. There's no difference. Who are the real Jews then? Those who believe on Jesus Christ. There's no distinction. For the same Lord over all this rich to all who call upon him. That means that whether you're Jew, whether you're Greek, black, white, Indian, whoever you are, if you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ out in West Africa, he going to hear you. In Germany, he going to hear you. Australia, he'll hear you. Russia, he'll hear you. China, he's going to hear you. Japan, he's going to hear you. Wherever you're from, it don't matter where you're at, in your home or in your car, if you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll hear you. He makes no difference. There's no distinction. Call on his name and you shall be saved. Watch what else he says. For the same Lord is over all the rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He don't say that three times already. There's no other way he can put it. Let me go back. Romans 10 and 9 says this. Romans 10 and 9 says this is all by faith. Now Romans 10 and 9 says this. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's one time. He comes back again. For the, and says in verse 11. For the scripture says whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. That's two times. Now watch this. Verse 13 says this. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's three times. He don't say that thing three times. For, for, but for some reason. There are folk out here telling you all kinds of different ways to be saved. They're telling you you got to be saved by your works. They're telling you, well, your life wasn't good enough. It wasn't holy enough, so you can't be saved. The Bible didn't say that. The Bible said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Whoever believes in the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. There's no way to change that. Now, you may not like it. You may not agree with it. You don't think it should be because you're looking at yourself saying, Lord, I'm more holy than this person. That's what you think. I don't done more than this person over here, so I should be saved more than them. No, there's no saved more than nobody. You're saved. Only by one reason. And as you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ like everybody else. That is the righteousness of God. That's how you become the real Jews. Because what I'm saying is this. Is that there's no distinction. We all trying to get to one place. And that is heaven. Oh my God. To think you better than somebody else breeds racism. It bursts out racism when you start thinking that you're better than somebody else. But can we go deeper? 
How then should they call on him whom they have not believed? And how should they believe on him whom they have not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher? And that's what's going on today. I'm the preacher that you're, that's preaching to you. And that's how you're hearing it. Now it's up to you to believe. <laughs> and how should they preach unless they were sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Who bring glad tidings of good things. For they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who shall believe our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God bless you and keep you. Listen, if it's a word that I must have did it. And if it's not, then I wasn't with it. Stay committed.